0: All right, welcome to episode 83 of the At-Bad podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Sao Rodriguez, joined by my co-host Miles Porter, as well as Gabe Wilkins, who has his own podcast, The State of Gabe, available on Spotify. How we doing, everybody? How we doing, Miles?
1: Hey, doing good. I just want to point out that I saw Caitlin Clark drop the... The most quiet 35 against Northwestern <laughs> last night,
0: bro. Oh, yeah. I saw oh, they were my playing.
1: What, what was the Hezi, final score? I think it was like 110 to 70-something, One hundred seven. It was 100 to oh. 70-something. And this team is just out of this world, bro. I just I knew oh, that she bro. was real when she hit this little hezzy step back three. I was like, oh, okay. See you in the WNBA. <laughs> Got it. Understood. It was, was so quick, bro. Such a quick trigger. Oh, my gosh.
0: Man, yeah, her her shot is so nasty, especially three point. Like she just pulls up, it's like it's it's nasty. Like I can't wait till she. I mean, she, she's is she gonna be in WNBA next year or no? I, I'm I'm not sure. She's I, a
2: senior now, right? I think she's, she's a senior now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, she's a okay.
0: it's time because she because you know damn well she's gonna be in that uh that three point because you know how they they had they announced that Curry versus uh Ionesu yeah. uh three point yeah. contest. So like she's gonna you know damn well Kate Clark is gonna be there next year like because that's that's, that's sure. gonna be badass, but. Yeah, no, yeah, I saw they were playing Northwestern. I was like, man, good luck, Northwestern. I was like, hopefully, they, you know, they play, but that was a, that's rough. But uh, Gabe, what about you? How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great, man. It's, it's 50 degrees outside. It's sunny for the first time in a long time in the, in the city of Wynn. Glad to see that. Um, heard about the Taylor Clark performance. I knew a couple people that was on here doing media work for it. That's cool to see. Um, but outside of that, I'm doing well, in spite of a slow pre-agency period in MLB.
0: Oh, yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned the weather. 51 degrees right now here is short weather, so uh, definitely enjoying it. <laughs> I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, it's going to be 50 next week. I'm like, when it, or like when it was last week, I was like, it's going to be 50. Like, I, I, I want to see you guys at, at the beach. I want to see you guys at, at Lake Michigan. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like, damn, it's been so cold. I'm like, you might as well enjoy these days. Like, it's a day, it's a summer day. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll as you mentioned with the free agency, we'll get into it. I mean, the Cubs signed Hector Naris. Uh, you know, the, there's still a lot going on when it comes to rumors. Of course, there's always going to be rumors. But, um, it, you know, I just realized too uh, this morning that it being Thursday, February 1st, as we're recording this, um, there's going to be baseball this month. We, we, you know, it's just, it, it never fails to just hit, hit me. And just like, it's just so beautiful because January, ta- literally, those, it's funny because those memes about January are so accurate. Like, it takes like, five months to finish January. Like it's so, it's so real. And uh, yeah. so I'm glad, I'm glad it's finally over and uh, we could focus on on more baseball and, and all that, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the Cubs in there and their signing of Hector Neris. Cause you know, there, there's plenty of uh, uh, people talking about it because of the contract size and because of how much he got, people didn't expect him to get, you know, what he got, which was $9 million per year. And then he has an option for, uh, it's a club option for uh, the second year uh it, it, and uh it, it becomes a player option if he gets at least 60 appearances. Um what do you think about that deal Miles and then um you know just in general like <clears throat> when it comes to the the Cubs bullpen because that was the, one of the biggest needs the Cubs had going into the offseason was yeah. the bullpen and they've added a mm-hmm. good amount. I mean they've had they've yeah. added uh uh guys from from leagues in uh Korea, Korea um so like yeah. they've added guys from all over the place uh to kind of kind of you know construct the classic Cubs bullpen because they never
1: yeah.
0: honestly in the last few years they've never gotten really elite bullpen arms i guess unless you want to count obviously besides kimbrell but like they, they don't really go that route half the time and i think even the even getting kimbrell kind of showed us like why they don't i mean i know he had one really good year with us but he had you know when he struggled to got you know when he got here i think Jed hoyer was probably like hey this is why we don't always go for the elite arm because you're paying <laughs> a lot of money for, for something that might yeah. not work but and i think that's another reason why they didn't go for a guy like josh Hader. i mean what he got 95 mil I understand he's, pro- he's probably the best reliever in the game right now. I understand that. But, like, damn, like, you don't know where, you know, where our arm- guys' arms are going to go, especially in, in short, you know, appearances and all that. Um, so, yeah, what would you think about this move in, in, in the Cubs' bullpen in, in general?
1: I love it. I, I I like seeing the Cubs really make moves. You know, it's really both that bullpen. That was one of our faults at the end of last year. Now, one of my big things is that, I'm getting a little bit sick and tired of the one year, see how it goes. And then, because the Cubs have been doing a lot of that over mm. the past two, three years. Uh, I think, I, I do believe that for this, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I'm really loving where we're at in terms of in terms of the bullpen, guys coming up, um, you know, the, the rotation and everything. You know, I'm very happy with it. And so I'm hoping that we continue to, you know, Add the correct pieces. I don't really know if there's too many, if there's much more room for pieces to be added. I, I've I've heard maybe you know some reconstructioning in, in terms of Al, Adver Alzali being a setup guy in the eighth, and then Hector finishing off in the ninth. They, I'm just I'm just hearing these little fans, you know, giving their little opinions as to how the Cubs can go about it. Uh, so it's cool. That's good conversation. We have options. We have we have arms we can use. Um, the the deeper the better.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And 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 when it came to the, the closing part, I didn't even think about that till I I, I heard something similar to what you said about with Alcindor, like what he might do yeah. next year and all that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, last year he had uh, Nares had a one seventy one in 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 seventy one games, um, and uh, he had two saves. But you look at prior years, he has closed before. He was in the Phillies on on, on those up and coming Phillies teams, and he had twenty eight saves, twenty six saves. So he's done it yeah. before. Um, yep. Not a giant amount of success. Twenty seventeen was probably his like I guess, or uh, twenty sixteen was probably his breakout year. He had two fifty eight and seventy nine games. So he's been in the league for a minute. I mean, he's thirty four, going in age thirty five season. So I think that's probably the reason why uh, the Cubs probably went on a shorter deal. But yeah. I am right with you, Miles, because I feel like when your team signing a bunch of one years, it, it, it doesn't feel like they're going for it type of deal, right? Like. And, yeah. and so that's, that's the one thing I think about, but my, uh, Gabe, what did you think about this move? And then, like I said, the Cubs bullpen in general, because like I said, it, it was, it was a point of emphasis going into the off season and the Cubs are always, you know, you know, constructing it or reconstructing it and, and getting guys like, like, uh, Julian Merriweather, for example, that they like, you know, got in. And he was a, a guy that was pitching late in games last year. So that that was crazy to me to see and And there was always potential in him and, you know, he was in Toronto and all that, but he was never able to find it. And it seems like he's found a home in Chicago. Hopefully he's able to replicate it. But what do you think about this move, though?
2: Well, Hector Neris, like you said, so he coming off a career year, had an ERA mm-hmm. under two, um, made some improvements in his repertoire, that was help, able to help him get a major drop in regards to the quality of contact that hitters were able to make against him. My only question is, is can he parlay the success that he had in the regular season with Houston here in Chicago mm-hmm. for Cub fans' sake? Because if you looked at his seven appearances in the postseason, he, his performance didn't match up to what you saw in the regular season. He surrendered, he had six turn runs and eight and a third innings of work in the Astros ALDS and ALCS matchups against the Twins and Rangers respectively. So, when you put that all together, you kind of don't know what you're getting, but it's one of those low risk, high reward moves. And I understand taking a one year flyer on a 34 year old arm, especially as opposed to someone who's younger. You would probably get them a little bit more security, but you don't really know what you're going to get. But if you could get that Hector Nares that you saw last year in Houston, and have him serve in the role of a seventh inning or eighth inning guy set up role, I think that will be where he's best suited. I don't see him as a closer unless if it's an emergency situation. Even though he's had some success, he's also had some struggles as a closer as well. If you notice, he was the guy that they called on in the seventh innings um, most of the time in Houston, and then they went to Abreu in the eighth and Presley in the ninth before the Josh Hader signing. And with them signing Hader, they the Astros didn't really have a need for him, so he's going into a situation with a team that's looking to compete and win the Central. And I I think this is a a nice situation for him, and hopefully it works out. Because as we know, open arms—you know—you could be up one year, you could be down the next. You never know what happens. So hopefully, you know, he can stay consistent and show what he showcased his last season during the regular season in Houston.
0: Yeah, and, and and I do I definitely hope that they give uh, Aslai like at least an opportunity to close because like as much as uh, I'm I'm all for wh- whatever they do with the bullpen, whatever they think is right, um and it, uh especially with a guy like you know Tommy Hotovee is the Cubs' uh, pitching coach, uh but I do hope they give Aslai like an opportunity to close just because of the fact that like he showed some great strides last year. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be an elite closer because you know whatever, but I will say he does have. Like, he does have the closer feel. Like, he goes in there. He's got a lot of energy. Uh, He goes nuts when he gets, you know, the, the big strikeout at the end. Like, so, I, I love the – I definitely love the, the passion, just like the energy he brings into the ninth inning because he just – especially at Wrigley when it's, you know, the place is going nuts. Like, you need a guy like that um, that kind of asks for it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But he definitely – if, like, if the Cubs were, were open to getting hater, because, I mean, if, you know, there were some rumors about it. Um, then some people were like, "Yeah, also that would be a you know great setup man." In that case, obviously, you know, you let you let Hater close. So it's it's, it's going to be real fascinating to see how the Cubs bullpen you know turns the page in this year to see the guys that came up, like I said, Merriweather, that you know that um, you know that they got for for a short deal and and was able to you know get stuff done. So um, on the other side of things uh, as well, you know, Cody Bellinger update, you know, because of course he's still not signed anywhere, and apparently. Uh, it came out last week that he hasn't gotten an offer from anybody. Uh, and it, it John Heyman reported that that he doesn't see him landing anywhere, you know, but Chicago basically, uh, with the Cubs. But I, I just don't know what to make of it. I mean, there's it could go anywhere. Uh, and yeah, Miles, I mean, that says it all. I mean, just like just uh, I, honestly, just so tired of hearing about this Bellinger thing until he signs somewhere. Uh, it's but what, right. yeah, it, it, it really is, it really is just like. Hearing, oh, he's, you know, he's rumored here, blah, blah, blah this, and then, but, and, and apparently, too, though, because I'm, like, thinking to myself, okay, so the, the the Cubs are one of the last teams there, um, if he signs with us, I'm sure it'll be cheap, right, and I heard that, and then, apparently, it was reported that it's still around the ballpark of 200 mil, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it or anything like that, as, but in my opinion, like, I just wish it'd be less than that, but I understand that with the market, I understand uh, with what other players have gotten, I understand with what he did last year, so, we'll we'll see what happens but uh uh Gabe what did you think about like or what do you think about the fact that no team has made an offer and just the way that you know it looks like you know Boris ball um and how it's going i mean this thing this thing honestly is probably going to go into march in my opinion i don't see how it ends anytime soon
2: you brought up the the name that i was going to bring up scott boy yeah he has a hole all over the mm-hmm. market right now Mm-hmm. No one wants to offer Cody Bellinger a contract. No one wants to offer Blake Snell a contract. Yep. And I get that the Cubs are the only team, according to sources that <laughs> are respected in the industry, that are are the team that had the best chance of getting them. But mm-hmm. nobody talk about the San Francisco Giants. They yep. still got a lot of money over there in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and I know they are having a tough time attracting free agency. Yeah, a free, free agents over there. But if you're able. To get Cody Bellinger over there, I I don't I don't see how you how you how you can't do it, especially if you make an offer that's bigger than the Cubs offer. Yeah, like I, I I'm not I'm not one of these people who think well oh the Cubs just have the upper hand. Yeah, they they mm-hmm. do technically, but even if he were to resign with the Cubs, right? I, I don't know if I could see him resigning on a multi year deal unless if it's exactly what Scott Boras, once mm-hmm. like they are playing hardball, man. They play yeah. a lot of hardball. I can see a lot of guys in Scott Bohr's camp, the top four free agents really still on the board, signing one-year deals at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: got to, man. But unless if you're gonna get something that you just can't refuse, I I it's I've never seen a situation like this, honestly, where you have four players all on the market: Chapman, Bellinger, Snell, and Montgomery. Sitting without any offers, I just I, I I I can't recall the last time I've seen this. So when I look at Bellinger's situation, I'm I'm if I'm a Cub fan, I'm kind of concerned. I'm very oh concerned. my gosh, yes, I'm very concerned if I'm a Cub fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, trust me. Yeah, I'm I'm like, I'm right there with you, but at the same time, I, I feel like the, over the last couple of months, I'm also just kind of realizing, like I'm also kind of just getting myself ready just to go into the season without Cody Bellinger.
1: You know have I mean? To. Like
0: you, yeah. you, you, you know. And the thing is, and the thing is, we've talked about this before. The depth that the Cubs have in the minors, with you know PCA not that not that PCA is going to start in in the majors, um, he might, but not not that he's it's, it doesn't look like that's a plan. But if PCA starts in the majors, you have that. You could you could have uh, oh, well, you could shuffle around and do a lot of things. You know, uh, you oh, know, w- w- center field. Yeah, exactly. Cases, yeah. uh, you know, in, 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 waiting on you know in the minors, but also like uh they have guys that could play center field. You could play morell out there. I don't know his defense. I know there's a lot of things that have to be answered, but realistically, uh, if you play him there like once a week or something, but there's a lot of things you can switch around and move around and, and, and do stuff like that. So I'm not necessarily, I, I do know realistically that if they want to make the playoffs, you're probably going to have to have a guy like Cody Bellinger in the lineup. I do understand that. Um, but like uh, at the same time, um, you know, I'm just looking at it they might not get him, So yeah, you're right on that. That like, there's definitely a concern there of not getting him at all. But uh Miles, where do you stand on this right now? Cause like, I'm right. I'm you know, you made that face. Cause I'm like, yeah, I agree. Like, dude, just like it's, it is exhausting. Just hearing it over and over again. Like, Oh, he's a bit, you know, both the Cubs this, the Cubs yeah. that Cody, Cody Bellinger. And it's like, we've literally been doing this for like three months. <laughs> so.
1: Bro. Yeah, man. I mean, like, <laughs> And I love, I love the point that Gabe made where, like, it's, it's, a, it's a dire concern. This makes me nervous, bro. And, and <laughs> look, we, we all know Scott Boris is, is – is, he likes to get his athletes paid. He got freaking Chris mm-hmm. Bryant, $182 million in Colorado. And so I, we're talking about someone who's, who's demanding a lot of money with a team that is not willing to spend a lot of money. So now we're in this very difficult limbo where it's like, okay, well, well we got spring training and what was it 16 days 15 days something like that mm-hmm. um i mean pitchers and catchers reporting but it's still mm-hmm. spring training because other players are reporting in during that time i just yeah i mean i i think i'm i'm frustrated but i don't think it's specifically anyone who like is a cubs fan that i should be frustrated at in terms of we didn't add anything really offensively we didn't bring anybody in so it, it does concern me a little bit when now, okay, we're 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 going in losing a guy that was a key component last year to the success that we had. Granted, I know that these young players can step up and and, and do wonders for us this coming season, it, but it does frustrate me a little bit. And being a Cubs fan, where I think we've added added the pitching depth like we should have, kind of like what we touched on earlier earlier in the show, but we haven't really added anything offensively. And I love that we're, we're, we're banking on some of these younger guys. Um, but we also – I also hope that we also realize we weren't able to finish last year. So, you know, I'm kind of in the middle of things. I'm I'm, I'm a note at this. I'm hoping that they come to some sort of agreement. Scott Boris, I know you want to get your guys paid, but Jesus Christ, honestly. <laughs> we're, we're, it's, it's, I think – I really do believe it's going to come down to, like, March. I really do. Yeah. Um, and I just for Belly, for the other guys that, that are also free agents still. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the sake of being a Cubs fan, I'm hoping that he does sign somewhere because the reality is, if he doesn't sign here, there will be a team that's going to figure it out and bring him aboard. That's what I don't want. I'm tired of us missing out on these kind of things and it biting us years, years down the line. That's where I do not want the Cubs to be because it will sting. Yeah,
0: can it, you imagine it, it, oh, if good. a
2: team like the Nationals got Cody Bellinger,
0: man? Oh, my. Or, no, no, even worse. Like, you know, like, you know this, this, this can really angels? happen.
2: That, that's that's what I'm
0: thinking issue. about.
1: Yes.
2: That's, a, that's the yes. crazy. And, 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 and you know he's going to be on a team that's not good, and they're going to seek to flip him for assets yeah. to mm-hmm. stockpile their farm system. Like, this is what we're getting at. Mm-hmm. We, we could see something <laughs> like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Trade no,
1: deadline, did. all of a sudden, he's a St. Yeah. Louis Cardinal. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. You could see something <laughs> like that. You could.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, and like that, that's yeah. I was thinking about that too because you know uh, Miles mentioned you know, or you guys mentioned Blake Snell, and like the, the fact that like there's still rumors that you know him and the Angels. I'm just like, come on, man! Like it's that's just
2: Young Award winner can't yes. get a contract.
1: Right. I wish there was a hey. deadline for this kind of stuff. I really do. Yeah, the, I remember. Yeah, I remember no. Zed was talking about it during the Cubs' convention where he also wishes that there was like a deadline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These deals done can't Say that at this point, <laughs> at, at this point, it needs to be. They kind of got to take a page out like the NBA playbook
2: after this offseason. I, I think, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Uh, yes, Brad Manfred or whatever, they're gonna have to, to set yeah. something up where you're giving guys a deadline to sign because this is it's bad when you're in spring training, whether you're a manager or a player, and you like, is so and so gonna show up?
0: Mm-hmm. He's still
2: not signed, yes. like Tim Anderson's still out here
0: without a deal yeah
2: yeah it's, it's, like, it, it's a it's yeah. jorge Soler it's a lot yep. of talent mm-hmm. just sitting around
0: yeah, yeah. i i, I agree and i agree and it works for the nba and it works for soccer too because they you know they had the, the soccer they have a winter transfer when they have a mm-hmm. summer and a winter transfer uh window and if you don't sign then you're stuck on your team and that's like the way it is and um or stuck as a free agent, so yeah, like that. They 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 definitely should do that. And, and there's a lot of things like people were like talking about. There's a lot of things that the MLBPA has to approve for them and that some players don't, like for certain reasons. And and I'm I'm ignorant to it, but like it, I I just don't see how it benefits anybody. Uh, just waiting it out. Like if anything, MLBPA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if anything, MLB, MLBPA would. I, I thought or some of the players would be like, "Hey, the longer we wait, the less money we get." So you're telling me that we could have a deadline, so maybe I get more money. Like it's it's what it. That's like the one way I think about it. So yeah, I, I definitely don't don't see why some of these guys are sticking around. But all I'm saying is is I'm, I'm with you, Miles. And like, it's gonna if it's gonna bite us in the ass some way, I, I definitely see. I mean, look at look Reese Hoskins signing with the Brewers. I already know dude's gonna hit three home runs off of us in like at Wrigley in this on a summer day. Like it's it's already gonna. Ha- I already know. I've seen it. I've seen this movie before. It'll I know be 120.
1: It'll be a hot day.
0: Yeah, yeah. it'll be <laughs> it'll, it'll be really a hot day. Kyle Hendricks. It'll is be like a late-game home run like... as well. And yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I can see it. I know it. I've been there. I've lived this. Yep, yep.
0: So that's how I'm
1: just <laughs> and, like – And oh. so that's another good point that you made where it's like, you know, if, if there is a deadline that they put and all of a sudden, you know, teams don't meet that deadline. And now you have players who are stuck in free agency – that sucks as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, and so, and, and I think like the thought of that kind of being like, hey, we gotta get this guy side with the team, or he's not playing. I think I think that is more than enough, that would be more than enough motivation for certain agents or certain players or yeah. whatever. Because we don't want to see that. But mm-hmm. if it stuff like this cannot happen. Tim yeah. Anderson not being on the team bugs the hell out of me. But yeah. we saw him him last year in Chicago. I know that's not TA. I just know yeah. it's not. everybody. he's does. he's, he's too yep. swag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he's just too good of a hitter. And I think uh I just think that for example the the Dodgers are one of the teams that were interested in him at the deadline, right? And now uh-huh. they're you know, I heard there were rumors earlier in the offseason that they were interested in him. Um, but it doesn't seem like they had they they have enough room with the guys that they have in their infield. Um, but still surprised that he's still out right. there. And I think – yeah. Miami,
1: wanna...
2: Miami need a shortstop.
0: Yeah, there you that's go.
2: A lot of like, yeah. I, I thought about the possibility of maybe the White Sox bringing him back. Yeah, I don't be yeah. able to play second.
0: Yeah. Like, But yeah. but
2: the question is, is, does he want to play second? Like, True. It, that is true. A lot. but a and, and, yeah. and, and the main issue is you have stars on the market still.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah.
2: guys that's fringe-level role players, glue back, mm-hmm. fighting them yeah. in the middle yeah. of the you got top dogs still sitting at the crib with yeah. no arms. Like that's that's amazing to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we could definitely sit here and look at all the places that Tim Anderson fits. But I thought one one spot that I thought would be interesting and not talked about at all. So maybe I'm wrong, but I think a, a spot that would be uh, cool to see him in is maybe the Orioles because they have guys coming up still, so signing there for a year. If he that, DHs, he would fit that team very Yeah, right. He if he DHs, mm-hmm. if he DHs plays a little second base and days off for, for gunner or whatever, like whatever's going on there, obviously they, they got they have guys all over the place. So that's another spot. And also just him being a veteran presence. So uh, I think mm-hmm. what would help out. But uh, moving on to uh, the farm system, and we'll get into both the Cubs and the White Sox here with with the farm system, because they were they last week, they unveiled the top 100. And the Cubs have seven uh, uh, players on that top 100 list. The White Sox have two, and it, and I believe the Orioles are second with the with they have they have six on there, and of course headlined by Jackson Holiday at number one, uh, Jackson Turio second, and then Paul Skeens at three. So I mean, it's just this, it's crazy to me to see, uh, uh, you know that that amount of Cubs on there. Uh, but I'm not also not surprised. But uh, Miles, what did you think when you heard about this? And you I mean you we saw guys make make massive jumps. I mean and again, not surprised because of the, the minor league season that he had, but like Matt Shaw going from like ninety-eight to fifty-four now, for example. So they're yeah. they're flying everywhere. And it's it's interesting to see. I mean, the highest one obviously being PCA at sixteen. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you think about this list overall? And what do you think about the Cubs players that are on it?
1: Uh hey, dude, it's it's exciting, bro. And and I love that we are it's so much of I love how so much of what we talk about really ties in because the future of this franchise is looking very very bright. Uh, we've been in this position before and it worked out very well in the past. Um, so I'm I'm happy about it. I'm I'm very happy about it, and I'm hoping all these guys continue to you know develop well. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Matt Shaw down the line and a few of the other prospects coming up. Um, it's just, it's promising it's, it's very it's very promising stuff and uh i i am sure so much of this is being taken into consideration for many different plans when it comes to the cubs uh so yeah very very promising and i'm hoping I'm hoping to see certain guys who maybe struggle a little bit maybe they'll get another opportunity this year I would love to see Matt mervis back up and get another opportunity because I think he is I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like he is not talked about at all anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard him, or at least talked about, very little. Someone who I'd love to see potentially get another chance if certain things don't work out. Um, so, just in general, I, I love this, this young system that we have going here. They have seven. That's lit.
0: Yeah, it, it, and you know, you mentioned Matt Murvis. That's another thing that you know kind of ties into the fact that you know getting prepared to for a season without Bellinger. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, that means more opportunity for Matt Mervis. That means more opportunity for Michael Bush to play first base. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another, like, again, we talked about it before when the Cubs got Michael Bush, that's one of the reasons I think they got him was insurance in case they don't get Bellinger, which they're getting prepared because they know they got to get these guys because, you know, Bush plays first base, mostly first base. Apparently I've heard his his defense isn't great at third. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens there, but it, the, looking down the list with Kraw Armstrong, Kate Horan, Owen Casey, Michael Bush, Matt Shaw, Kevin Alcantara, and James Treantos. like the, it's just it's just loaded, and I'm excited to see because some people really some people really do hope or expect Kate Horan to come up this this year. Who knows? But I think that oh, would yeah. be that would be badass and just like seeing what oh, he yeah. could do because I mean he is as. Uh, uh, you know, touted and and people talk about him, like you know, like he's the next ace. I can't wait to see. It. I mean, I've seen highlights already. The dude uh, absolutely balls. So uh, Gabe, what did you think about this list? Not only for the Cubs side of things, but also with the White Sox. I mean, you can talk about the Cubs having seven dudes, but the Cubs don't have a top 10 uh, like uh, like left handed shortstop Colson Montgomery. I mean, that that dude is so nasty. And like Looking at his numbers from last year, I remember uh, uh, when I was working, doing some work for the White Sox NBC. Like Colson Montgomery smacks lefties. I mean, he had a nasty over OPS over a thousand. Granted, it was a, a short sample size of games, but it doesn't matter to me. Especially a minor league. When you see a minor leaguer, a guy like uh, for his stature, uh, smacking lefties um, as a left-handed batter, um, it's 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 great news. And not to mention also Noah Schultz is now the 50th uh, overall prospect in the majors. Dude, this—I mean, like the comparisons—the comparisons we get to Chris Sale and that guy, I've seen that already, and just like what the White Sox have there, um, and he could make, we can make to the big leagues like in the next like couple years. So it's like that—that's another thing too to be excited about. But what do you think about this list as a whole, as well as the White Sox and Cubs parts into it?
2: I was a bit surprised to see the Cubs have more top 100 Hmm. prospects than the Baltimore Orioles. I knew that they were gonna have several guys. Um, I like Matt Shaw's game a lot. Matt Shaw was a guy that. I had on my big board for the White Sox. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Cubs was two picks up, and they got a chance to get them before the White Sox were able to pick at 15 when they selected Jacob Gonzalez out of Old Miss last year to draft. Mm-hmm. But I, I like what they're building there, um, and, and it's cool to see, especially when that's been the selling point that they made to their fan base. And mm-hmm. I, I give the Cubs a ton of credit for doing a great job of developing talent on the other side of town with the, the White Sox, they had a highest-ranked prospect at Colson Montgomery. Uh, that, that's cool to see, you know, top 10 prospect. And, and a kid that, for him coming out of high school, shows a great deal of maturity at the plate. As a, a high-level knowledge of the strike zone, um, very disciplined hitter, you don't see that a lot. And I think that's why he's been able to progress up the system so easily, in spite of having injuries. The only thing I want to see from Colson is – how does he fare once he gets called to triple A sharp? Um, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't rush Colton up until, you know, at least the middle of June, late summer, second half of the season. I, I really want the White Sox to take their time with the kid and just let him continue to grow and, and show that he could do this with a full body of work behind him and, and, and he's able to stay healthy. I don't know what his long-term position may be. Um, he could be a guy that you see at third base.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: but – he he's shown and made tremendous strides defensively as short to stick there, you know, in the interim time once he's called up. He don't have nobody blocking him from short at this time on the current forty-man roster. As for Noah Schultz, he's a guy. If he can stay healthy, um, his delivery concerns me a little bit. I do see the Chris Sale comparison, but if he can stay mm. healthy, develop a change up, he will be a top thirty prospect come next winter. I guarantee you that. And he gets more innings behind him. He'd be nice. We also got Edgar Caro, who is a top 10 catcher, uh, according to all, all the catchers on MLB Pipeline, was a top 100 prospect fell off. I think if he continues to show tries defensively, you will see him elevate himself back on that top 100 list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angels rushed him up double A. The White Sox are gonna be more patient with him in his development, not seeking to rush him. He could be a guy that's ready to go as early as 2025 or the middle of 2025. So it's it's nice to see um, Chicago prospects being well represented on the list, even though the White Sox have two, Cubs have seven. But um, hopefully, the future is bright on both sides of town.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I, yeah, and I'm glad. The, I really hope the White Sox also don't rush Montgomery because he got time. Uh, for him to develop, um, and you know, work out those kinks and whatever he's got to work on, which it doesn't look like as much, to be honest. I mean, him being six him three, being Gabe, you brought up a good point on which position he's going to play because you, yeah, with his size at six three, could easily, you know, play third base and all that. But I mean, we, we've seen a shortstop like him in the big leagues, and I've heard also awesome comparisons to Corey Seager because I mean, Corey Seager six four. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I know definitely, um, this is one of the guys that I'm excited to watch. On the south side hey, for athletic. sure. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Miles does have to go. He's at work. So I want to send off Miles, appreciate you coming <laughs> out, man. And uh, and uh, we'll see. We'll see you next week. And uh, like I said, thanks for coming out, man.
1: Thanks, fellas. I'll see you on the next one. Uh, by yeah. the way, Happy Black History Month. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I'll talk to you guys soon. You guys take it easy. All right, All right bro. Take it easy.
0: All right, but uh, to to kind of transition more into the White Sox, as we were just talking about them, uh, Gabe, there's been I wouldn't say like really uh, established rumors, or anything like that, but there's been some some murmurs, I guess, that uh, the Mariners and White Sox were kind of working out a deal, maybe even a three team deal, um, stuff like that, uh, and then I also heard that. Uh, uh, Alex Anthopoulos the the GM for the Braves they asked uh, a fan asked him about what uh about getting Dylan Cease, and he said you know he I'm paraphrasing but he's talked about it being too expensive um which we've talked about it being rightfully so uh but what do you think about uh the a trade that the White Sox could make with the Mariners that's something that would happen and then also just the words from from the Braves GM because um you know, the Mariners have plenty of arms that they could deal. They have plenty of, uh, of players in the minors. Um, it's really, really fascinating to see what they would do there because they, even the uh, people have talked about, again, no rumors here, but people have talked about how they would even be a nice dance partner with the Cubs because they, you know, even like – I'm not saying they're doing this, but, like, you're telling me there's a deal that we could work out where you, we send a prospect, Christopher Morel, for, like, a George Kirby, like – I'm all in, honestly, because that's uh, George Kirby's uh, a hell of a, a hell of an arm. So what, what do you think about the Mariners uh, rumors and as well as um, Alex Anthopoulos talking about it being too expensive? Because the Braves, of course, have uh, I don't know if they have I don't know if they have the prospects for it necessarily. Ultimately, when it comes on to it, they have a nice they have some nice players. But uh, like we've always said, they, there's better there's better teams out there to trade with. I think that's what the White Sox are waiting for.
2: Yeah, to me, when I saw the report from Bob Nightingale that the Mariners were interested in Dylan Cease, I'm not surprised by that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: However, I feel like that's a leverage play from Chris Getz and the White Sox front office to up the price a little bit, or, or or to force the team that they really want to do business with, and and that's the Baltimore Orioles and Mike Elias, who's the general mm-hmm. manager there um, at Camden Yard. So when I when I look at that situation the thing I can't understand is why would Seattle a team that is in a division with the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros want to trade away young arms that they have developed in Bryce Miller or Brian Wu to acquire Dylan Cease when they need a couple of more impact bats in their lineup we just saw them give away a top 100 prospect in Gabriel Gonzalez to the Minnesota Twins to get Jorge Polanco, good move. But you still need to find out how you're going to solidify right field. I know you bought Mitch Haniger back, but are you, are you sure you you trust Mitch Haniger? that has been injury prone over the years, and when healthy, has provided you with some solid numbers. But can you can you count on that as he gets a little bit old? That's a question that remains to be answered and, and seen um, over the course of the 2024 season. But when I look at it it's just a way to leverage the 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 price up and, and play a little bit of hardball and just let people know that we're not messing around if the Chris gets and, and Josh Barfield and his staff over there because unless if the Mariners are putting up Bryce Miller Cole Emerson and Lazaro Montes who's drawn many comparisons to Jordan Alvarez with his left-handed stroke from the plate and, um, tremendous power that he exhibits could have easily been a top 100 prospect and is on the fringe of being one. Unless you're giving up those three players, there's no need to really be talking business with Seattle. Although mm-hmm. the one upside, if you do want to do a potential trade with the Mariners, if you're the White Sox or you're a White Sox fan, they have shown that they know how to develop players rather well within your system. I know most people look at Jerry Kelnick and say that may not be true, but most people fail to realize that Jerry Kelly was a Mets prospect before he became a Mariners prospect. Just
0: saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, no, I'm right there with you, by the way, Gabe, when it comes to the arm thing, I think of them giving up their arms and all that. I think ultimately, I think they're so desperate for offense that they're willing to give up their excess arms. And, and as much as look, I, I, I trust me, I'm, I'm also on the boat that you can't have enough arms nowadays. Absolutely. So I don't be right. And, and you have, uh guys in the rotation that you know they definitely um they have a stacked rotation when it comes to young arms but yeah I think they're just so desperate for offense man it's like that they're getting I mean the fact that they and no disrespect to Jorge Polanco because he's a good player but they definitely need something more than that like when I saw that deal I was like I was like man I mean okay so it's 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 a push in the right direction but ultimately you need you know more that's why that's why we talked about uh the fact that they they got rid of Kelnick which was a little strange because they got rid of offense there um but, um, you know, that's one thing that I'm very confused about what exactly they're trying to do there. Um, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and you and you can't have Dylan Cease as your headliner when you're trying yeah. to get a bat. So yeah. that's why it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I just really think mm-hmm. that's the White Sox way of trying to force Baltimore's hands. Because yeah. Mike Elias has been standing pat. One thing we know about Jerry Depoto, who's the general manager of the Seattle Mariners, He's not afraid to make a trade, and this mm-hmm. case, back to his time when he was the general manager of the Angels. So, if I could get them to bite on that and get what I want back in return, I can make that work. If I'm Chris Getz, yes, I want an arm, I want an outfielder, and if I could get a middle infielder in return for Cease
1: alone, mm-hmm.
2: sign me up for it, especially if they're top 100 level prospect. But I think personally. Seeking to get a top thirty prospect as part of his package, and who better to offer that to him than a team with an assortment of riches in the Baltimore Orioles?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think um my my I just remember that my buddy brought up a good point too with the with the Mariners thing, is that like he doesn't see a deal that would happen with the Orioles unless maybe the the Orioles are trying to get a package deal of like Eloy and Dylan Cease, which at that point if you're trying to do that then you're going to give up a hell of a ransom anyways. So I I don't know, right? So I don't know what they'd be willing to offer, what the White Sox would be willing to accept there. But um, that's the kind of, maybe that's like at that point, like, I mean, I can't even imagine the type of prospects and the type of players you would get in a deal like that. But that'd be amazing. Um, I got a
2: source that told me before you move on, Mm -hmm. the White Sox and the Orioles are basically at a stalemate. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. At some point, one side is gonna have to budge. And for all the White Sox fans that are upset at Chris Getz for not trading at this point in time, you gotta understand something. He's a first-time GM. He's not trying to get finessed and swindled out here, you know. And 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 other GMs around the league know that. So if they can try to get him to bite on a the deal, they'll try. But at the end of the day, Chris Getz holds the cards, and he shouldn't seek to trade him for less than. Uh, for pennies on a dollar. He should he shouldn't mm-hmm. seek to do that. He has to take his time and this may be a process that goes into the season. Although I would hope it doesn't, it could be because teams aren't willing to pay at price, especially with top tier free agents and all stars might I add still on the market.
0: Exactly. And I think that, that's the, that's the good thing too, that look, or that's, that's the important part that I think people have to realize is that this, this, uh this deal could, uh re- could really and it's not I don't think it's over exaggerating here that it could determine the White Sox future. Uh because it's yeah. it's it, it, it's it's a franchise altering deal. Um it's almost like the the Mookie Betts deal that, that set up the Red Sox in a negative way now. Um so yeah it, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot to get Dylan season and like we said rightfully so. Um and hopefully the White Sox make the right move um because like I said they they have an opportunity to really do it. And I really yeah, like we've always said and you mentioned it the most the fact that the, the, the best team to, to match it up with is the Orioles. And if they match and they match up with the Orioles, I mean, it's the return I already know is going to be nasty. And uh, those players could be up sooner rather than later, because those Orioles players, as we said, have six players in the top 100 and I'm yep. sure you'll get one. So um, uh, also, what do you think about the, the Rob Manfred uh, comments? Cause uh, again, with, I'm paraphrasing, but he was talking about how he even, he approves of the White Sox stadium. Uh, uh, in the South Loop and and just in general, a new White Sox stadium. But what do you think about that? Do you think it boosts the chances of the White Sox getting a new stadium or or how does that, you know, how do you think Reinsdorf takes that?
2: What I done heard is sort of a done deal at this point, but Uh any support that you can strike up as a tally Mm -hmm. to go to the governor and J.B. Prisker with, I think that's a win. I wouldn't expect for Rob Manfred to say anything differently. I'm pretty sure that Jerry Reinsdorf and his staff have briefed him in on the details to some degree, maybe not fully, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's a positive. I, I don't think a lot of White Sox fans will take solace in this news too much until they see a a, a, a fork in the ground, so to speak, and, and they see construction being done on the site. But they, they have to do this in order to go into the meeting feeling good and positive with J.B. Prisker. When that time comes, we know being residents of the state of Illinois that J.B. Prisker isn't in favor of taxpayer funded stadiums. And if they're trying to increase the taxes in an effort to help the White Sox get this stadium, he may not be fond of that. But if it's a way to they a work with the previous agreement. And use that previous agreement and keep the sales tax at the, the, the hotel tax at the same levels, and which has been there for the last, I believe, three plus decades. That, that it might be able to work and just move the bonds towards that, that that need to be still paid off towards the new project. It, it it could still work, you know, combined with money that Jerry Reinsdorf and White Sox owners and, and the Board of Trustees are willing to put up. So remains to be seen. But it, it, you, you take it as a positive for sure it is good to have a commissioner support on um, a, a, a project such as
0: that yeah and, and yeah and a whole, yeah we'll we'll see what where things are going overall in in chicago because like you know the, the bears are also in, in in you know people some people some people are still saying with the the fact that the bears are still considering staying in chicago that that was a good spot for a stadium too i'm not saying they will do that but like that's just rumors people talking but like I really do hope the White Sox, just because of the fact that, like, I'm, I would be excited to see what another stadium looks like in Chicago, another baseball stadium. Um, so, but, you know what? something I didn't mention, too, Gabe, uh, from last time. I was like, I hope they – whatever happens with the White Sox Stadium, the food – as long as the food remains elite, that's all, that's all I'm concerned about, especially the root beer floats, in my opinion, are one of <laughs> the best parts of there. So, as long as they keep that, I won't be mad or anything, as long as they keep that type of style. Because i will tell you right now, I'm not kidding. I, I'm not I'm not even making. I I told my brother, I proved it to him because he went to one of the one of the game, one of his first games at a Guaranteed Rate. But that mm-hmm. root beer flow, in my opinion, is like one of the best root beer flows you can get anywhere. I'm not even kidding. I've tried it multiple. I, I know a lot of it's, people like the root beer really
2: flows, to the, the good, <laughs> real onions. And I will say <laughs> yeah. this, you, you know, what would be real funny about it if they actually do move to Roosevelt and Clark? You would have mm-hmm. both baseball teams playing on Clark Tree. Oh yeah. You know, like I that, that would be that would be some funny things it's funny how things come full circle oftentimes and in, in life that that would be real yeah. hilarious to see but cool nonetheless
0: yeah like think about it like in 50 years it might what if they call the they're gonna start calling it the rivalry on clark street or something like that so you it's, could. Right? You could. it's good right it's you gonna could. be that yes that's a good point <laughs> uh but the last couple things i wanted to get to before we wrap up here is of course the biggest news i think in the last week was the fact that uh the angelos sell the orioles um, and Orioles fans rejoice all over the world because man, it's, it's, it's been a rough ride with Angelos and, and, and especially over the last couple of years, uh, with, with what he's, you know, how he's talked about certain players and when he's talked about like, you know, they're not going to be able to keep certain players in the long run and all this stuff. And this opens a whole batch of, uh, of possibilities now for, for Baltimore. Um, you could make an argument that with these guys that have bought them, which, uh, were, I believe it's, uh. philanthropist and investor, uh, David Rubenstein. Um, He wasn't the only one. I mean, Cal Ripken is part of that, uh, that group that, that bought the Orioles. Um, So yeah, I mean, you, you can make an argument that that this changes the franchise because they might be able to keep Adley. They might be able to keep Gunner long-term. They might be able to keep Jackson holiday long-term. So this Orioles team that we thought maybe their windows short and small um, may have just widened a little bit, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen Orioles fans this excited because Angelos has made some comments recently that just, you, it really, as an Orioles fan, I'm sure really ticked them off. So, what did you think about this move, Gabe?
2: It was a move that I heard about far back as seven months, several months ago, rather. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot of sense. David Rubenstein, who will eventually become the majority owner is a lifelong Baltimore native, Orioles fan. And he has a lot of things working in his favor. He has the benefits of a new lease. Um, Just last month, the Orioles in the city of Baltimore, they agreed to a new lease that will keep the team in Canada yards for the foreseeable future. We also know that they got the TV deal resolved. And you add that on top of having a plethora of young talent, and a guy that has a boatload of money to spend and is invested in the team, being a lifelong fan and and native of the city, I I think it's a, a perfect marriage, to tell you the truth. And it hopefully leads to them operating in a different manner than what we've been accustomed to seeing them operate. And maybe it can expedite the process for a potential trade that a lot of Chicago hmm. White Sox fans like myself would like to see happen. So I, I, I like to move a lot for the Orioles. Um, they've always been a hallmark franchise when operated and ran well. A lot of people don't know, but back in the 70s and 80s, they had some tremendous years under Earl Weaver, Cal Ripken, and the like. And Cal Ripken being on that ownership board is even cooler to see. You know, So I, I've, I've always liked seeing players that are retired finding their next chapter, being involved with a franchise, especially a franchise that they came up in and played in and and, and won a championship with. Um, that that's real cool to see. So I'm I'm happy for the fans in the wake of Angelo's comments, who we know wasn't really truly committed to putting the money up. And I think with Rubenstein aboard and his associates, they're damn sure going to do whatever it takes to put that money up and, um, bring a world series back to baltimore for the first time since 1983
0: yeah and i think yeah hopefully it does put them into overdrive and kind of like you know kick it into gear and hopefully they can start making deals and and yeah and and, you know it's crazy too that i saw the the fact that you know they went from a value of 173 173 million in 1993 to 1.7 billion dollars so the value skyrocketed um for the orioles and and you Know and you're, and in your and in this in this century, I mean, they've had you know pretty good teams, and and the, you know, especially with you know the likes of uh when Chris Davis was hitting 50 bombs, and and you know, they had Adam Jones and, and Manny Machado, and so they had some great teams in the 20, you know, especially in the in the aughts, you know, and and you know, they just weren't able to, to get done. I believe they made it to an ALCS. Am I wrong on that? I they did, yeah, 2014. right? They did, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was the or they when they but they lost yeah. the Royals, they lost yep. the Royals, sure did. so. They they definitely had they were close and they had great teams but they weren't able to get over the hump and um, but that that shows you how even just a few winning years can boost uh, a team's value and um, and they did de- that's more than enough so we'll we'll see what happens there but uh, happy for Orioles fans all over the place because they they definitely deserve that with the team that they have now and hopefully they have for 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 about a de- decade plus at this point if they are able to do things right so. Uh, hopefully everything works out and another thing too that uh the last thing i wanted to, to talk about was uh they released the cover of mlb the show 24 uh and it wasn't without uh complaint that's for sure so but i wanted your opinion on this because look as much as i'm a fan of Lattie Guerrero jr guys a beast home run hitter uh, and the name sells understand that but i was just kind of surprised that it wasn't like an acuna uh it wasn't a juan soto and i get acuna uh he has got like a deal with another game or something like that i heard that he could whatever but like man i just there's a play i mean you could have put honestly gave you could have put a tiny on there and it would have sold so like you know what i'm saying like you could have put a tiny again on there because i know he did it in 22 but like I, I was honestly pretty surprised but i will say uh on the positive side like i said it's a, you know glad to see another uh lamb brother on there so like that, that's a good that's a positive but ultimately uh, the positive aside, Gabe. What did you think about this cover? Did you think anybody? You look. I will say also another thing too that I thought would have been badass for them to do because it looks like I won't be the shows kind of like they they don't really care what like what team this guys like the guys on the cover are. So like for example, Jazz Chisholm last year, a lot of people questioned that, but I personally liked it because of the fact that uh, Jazz Chisholm is very exciting. He's up and coming. Uh, we haven't seen what he's done yet so far, but I do definitely see the talent. But it, it, the same thing with that is that. Like what if they what if they went out there and put Luis Robert on? is all I'm saying. Like that, like that, right? I mean, if they put a guy like Jazz Chisholm on there, like why not putting a guy like Luis Robert? I understand that some fans out there think that the White Sox are dangling on trades, which you know would be insane in general. But uh, what do you think about that cover? And then also just you know my 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 uh, my hope that maybe the MLB the show goes for Luis Robert because we know he deserves it when it comes to the numbers, right?
2: Yeah, I, I I I didn't think about Luis Robert Jr. Yeah. being on the cover for the show, but when you bring up the case that you you made, I, I definitely think he's mm-hmm. a guy that could be on there in the future as he continues to ascend and and grow into being that perennial all star that we know that he has the potential to be. Mm-hmm. But seeing Vlad on there, it, I, I'm not gonna lie, it was cool, especially mm-hmm. as someone who grew up in a time period where I was fascinated with Canadian sports teams. Mm-hmm. And the Toronto Blue Jays was always at the top of that list with the late Doc Holliday when he was there and, and him not really getting his just due. I felt like from the American media until he stepped over um, back you know home on American soil and, and pitched for the Phillies. But I, I, I like Vlad getting a chance to have his, his son and his son on the cover, especially 18 and 19 years after his father did it when he was with the Angels. So it's kind of like a full circle moment. That's real cool to see. I know a lot of people knock him and say, well, his numbers haven't been the same since his 2021 campaign. But he's still, you know, managing to put up solid power numbers, even though they've decreased. Hopefully, he can build himself back up to that level he was at in 2021 and, and have an even better year in 2024. But I can't really knock the cover. Um, I think another guy that you could have made a case for being on the cover is Ellie Dela Cruz. You know, I yeah, like yeah. to play with, uh-huh. with Steve, guys that can impact the game in, in many ways. And um, he came onto the scene last year, even though he kind of fizzled out down the stretch and mm-hmm. really made the game of baseball exciting for me as a fan to watch. So, guys like Ellie De La Cruz, Luis Robert Jr. definitely have cases for future years. But I don't have no problem with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being on the cover and, and representing the franchise north of the border that has some talent. I mean, Bobacek could have easily been on the covers. Yeah. There's a lot of young talent in baseball that could be featured on the cover. And to have one of the young players and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being on there, I, I can't really knock that. I don't I don't have an issue with it. Jordan Brand representative. You know, I, I have no problem with that.
0: Yeah, and, and uh and, and you're right, Ellie de la Cruz would have been a great pick, too. I mean, that's he yeah, he he went off last year. And uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, I I can't, I'll definitely say admit that. I wouldn't be able to choose. I wouldn't be able to p- be part of the group that chooses because it's really hard to choice, a really hard choice. And also there's a lot of like stuff you have to go through kind of like I said with the Cunha, like guys are under contract to certain things, can't do certain yeah. things, whatever. So yeah, that that's true. And and I will say also that Vlad Guerrero, maybe maybe this, you know, uh, you know, has him lock get locked in a little more and then, you know, you never know he has a big year, hits forty bombs this year, whatever. Um I mean, he even said, like he he said uh, this week, "quote This is my season," so he's he's getting hyped and and uh, to, he, he's he's ready to have a big season. So hopefully, uh, he's able Kirby to do too. that. So exactly, that yeah, yeah. Oh, that too, that too, exactly. So hopefully, he's able to do that and 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 repeat. You know, we love seeing dudes repeat and uh, defend his title. So I can't wait for that. But um, I think it's a good place to wrap things up for this edition of the At Bad Podcast, presented by War Media. I want to thank Miles. For coming on of course he went back to work so appreciate him uh coming on uh during his work shift uh i want to appreciate uh gabe for coming on as well uh you can check out his podcast the state of gabe available on spotify uh want to thank everyone for watching watch everything war media as well as our partnership with sports on chicago as we do bears den as well i uh, want to thank everyone for watching for Saul rodriguez gabe wilkins everyone peace out